Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. Counselling psychologist and founder of Rosebell's Rooms, Dr Suzanne McLean, is my guest this week. This conversation was recorded last December, but I think it's a very powerful listen at any time. Now, in case you need to prepare yourself, please do check the show notes in advance for any trigger warnings. It's really important. Suzanne talks about how her world completely changed three years ago when her baby girl, Rosabelle, died suddenly when she was only 16 months old. Because, I mean, I've never been able to describe what it feels like to, um, to lose a child. And I don't think, I just don't think there are the words, you know. It's just, it's a very, very dark uh experience that I believe really can only be understood by a bereaved parent, you know, by it's like people talk about the club that, that nobody wants to be part of and that's exactly what it is um, and unless you're sort of in that dreaded club then it's it's very difficult to, to describe the feeling and the darkness you know and the sense of drowning that kind of comes with losing a child Suzanne is a truly remarkable woman I met her for the first time a few years back. We got to know each other through our mutual friend Jenny, who's also her sister-in-law. She's married to Gary Munro of Munro's, a well-known music venue in Galway City, and they live in the West. Their son Reuben is seven, and their baby girl August Rose is eight months. This is our conversation. You're a, you're a Dublin woman, I but am. you've made your life in Galway. Yeah. Yeah. So you have your family in Galway. What brought you there from the first day? Did you always um, have a connection to the West? 
I always loved Galway actually and and had spent um I'd spent a summer down there sort of in my, the I think it was the year I left school. Um and yeah, always always loved Galway. Always always was drawn to Galway, but I actually came for um for a year uh, was a psychologist post with the Brothers of Charity in Galway with actually with um people with intellectual disabilities. So um, I moved to Galway for a year to 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 um, fulfil this post, and of course, six months into it, uh, met Mr. Gary Munro, who you yeah. mentioned earlier, and the rest is kind of history. I stayed, <laughs> so it's 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 coming up on ten years now that I'm in Galway. Yeah, and how quickly did you guys have your firstborn, Reuben? Um, within I think it was two years to the day that we met, we actually came home from the hospital with Reuben. Mm. Um. So our little boy, who's now seven. So, yeah, um, we we met pretty quickly. And I think kind of when you meet, you know, in your late 30s, you kind of your mid to late 30s, you kind of know and you know and all of that. So it moved pretty, moved pretty quickly. And um, thankfully, we're still going strong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So Reuben arrived. And then how many years later did you have your second little girl, Rosabelle? Um, so Reuben would have been, um, would have been three years later. Yeah, three. Yeah, three years later. So Rosabelle came along um, uh, in January 2016 and, um, of course, was the cherry on the cake. You know, um, we had a little boy and to have been blessed with another little girl, we just felt really like, I suppose, felt like the luckiest couple in the world, really. Um and uh, yeah, unfortunately, as you know, Sheila, she only stayed for 16 months. Talk to us about her. Um, if you can, yeah. I know it's, it's, it's a tough one and I can feel it from you that mm. it is, this is this is really hard. Um, so no, look, it's, t- it's OK. Take your time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love speaking about her, actually. Um, it, it's a, it feels a little bit difficult in this context, but I, I, I love speaking about Rosewell. Um, yeah. She was a magic little girl, a funny little soul, funny and um I, I feel quite intuitive actually for her age when I think back, you know, she she kind of always got the room, she got the joke, she got the connection. Um she was obviously the youngest grandchild um on both sides for um until until well at the time of her at the time of her death she was the youngest uh, on both sides. Um the tenth grandchild on both sides and she was just adored, you know, um Everybody just adored her, you know. No, I suppose no more, no more than any other little girl coming into into a family. She we just cherished her, and um, she was just the light of our lives, really. Um, and I don't know really how to describe her little personality. She was just, she was very placid, very peaceful. Um, and I suppose in hindsight, some of my my very close friends would 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 get this, but kind of in hindsight, it was almost as if she. She was too good to be true in a way, you know, mm. um, and, and that turned out to be the case. It's very hard for any of us listening, um, particularly those with kids, to get your head around mm-hmm. um, life with your little one. Mm-hmm. One moment mm-hmm. and the next, it's, it's, it's taken away from you mm-hmm. without any warning. Without any warning. You know, that day, I mean, we have, you know, photographs of herself playing with her big brother Um that afternoon in perfectly good health um beautiful photographs of her that day having having the time for life running around waddling behind her big brother you know trying to keep up with them um she was she was very kind of girly in some ways and then she 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 loved uh she loved as i call it the rough and tumble with reuben as well 
Um, and, you know, yeah, so so that's how she was that day. And then suddenly um, your life is literally uh, turned upside down. It's it's annihilating. You're just you uh, one day the world is perfect and the next day it feels like it's over. Um, mm. You know, that's kind of it's horrific. It's very it's very difficult. I mean, I've never been able to describe what it feels like to um to lose a child and I don't think I just don't think there are the words you know it's just it's a very very dark uh, experience that I believe really can only be understood by a bereaved parent you know by it's like people talk about the club that that nobody wants to be part of and that's exactly what it is um, and unless you're sort of in that dreaded club then it's it's very difficult to to describe the feeling and the darkness you know, and the sense of drowning that kind of comes with losing a child. Does it ever get easier? No, mm. it doesn't. It gets different. Mm. Um, and people tell you about that, you know, other bereaved parents. I remember speaking to other bereaved parents at the time of Rosewell's death and people describe how it it, it, it doesn't get easier, but it, it changes in that you learn to live with it. And I suppose that's kind of a, one of those cliches that actually um, rings true in reality. It, it does, it does, um, it does, you, you do learn to live with it um, in that you, 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 you wrap your life around it, I suppose, and you learn to live with what feels like like cement in your chest almost or you know you, you, you kind of learn to live carrying this grief with you um, yet this heaviness but yet this emptiness and this um, kind of living always on the verge of tears you're always a, you're always a moment away from breaking down mm. you know um, so so yeah you, it, it, it doesn't get easier but you do learn to live with it and I think what happens as well is that joy returns as well in other in other ways you know I mean like our, our son Reuben um, and of course our new our new little baby they they bring so much joy to our lives uh, you know and, and our, our family and of course our friends you know we're we're, we're, we're very involved in, in 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 our the lives of our friends and, and you know and, and people close to us so that that all brings joy but um, I think the 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 deep awfulness never goes away. Yeah. You know. Because it can never be filled. Her, you no, know, you know, the no, space never. that she occupied yeah. can yeah. never be filled by anything else. No. Yeah. Not by anyone or anything else. It just, you know, she's irreplaceable. So I'm finding it even difficult to ask this, mm -hmm. um, but I, if it's okay with you, can, can you describe can you describe the night when you when you were putting um, Rosabelle to bed? And obviously, as you just said, you thought everything was was normal, was mm -hmm. grand. She was happy out. She was playing with her older mm -hmm. brother that day, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> she went off to bed as kids do at night time. She went off to bed. Um, I actually had gone for a walk on the prom um, with a pal of mine, and her daddy put her to bed a little bit earlier than usual because she was tireder than usual, um, and she. 
She woke that evening, uh, that night, as she often would do, you know, around 10 o'clock. Um, she would wake and I would generally give her, you know, a little bit of milk at that point in the night. Um, there was nothing unusual about it. But she was feeling, she was warmer than usual and not not temperature, but warmer and more unsettled than usual. Um, tireder, actually, would be how I would have described her. Um, and I took her from her room into mine. She shared a room with Reuben took her into my room, had a cuddle, gave her love, you know, um, you know, and put her back to bed. I, I, I remember thinking that's what she wants. She wants to go back to bed. She wants to go to sleep. Um, and I put her back into bed and checked on her. I was on the phone to a, a, a great pal of mine for nearly an hour or so, not worried, not even think, you know, not, you know she, was, she was fine. She dozed off to sleep and went in to check on the two of them as I... You know, as you do all the time as a parent, and she had, she had gone, she died. So, um, yeah, obviously that's when the panic set in then, and you know, um, that's when the 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 real the trauma hit, and um, yeah, I called I called Gary straight away. He had gone to work at that point. And I called him simply because I wanted to spend my time trying to resuscitate her. Um, and I called him for him to to call the ambulance and all of that. But he actually got to the house quicker than the ambulance. And we got her back into Galway Hospital um, in, oh, I don't know, minutes. I don't know how long it took, but she, she had, I knew she was gone, I suppose, in hindsight. When I look back at the time, I wasn't letting that into my brain, you know. Um, but we raised her into the hospital and... I mean, the staff in Galway were just incredible, absolutely amazing. Um, but she had passed away. She had died at home. So it was too late for Roosevelt. When you're talking about it, it just sounds like every normal parent baby mm-hmm. situation where sometimes your little one is a bit tired and you might they're a bit cranky mm-hmm. and you put them down to mm-hmm. bed earlier mm-hmm. or they might need, as you said, mm-hmm. a bit of reassurance, a bit of a cuddle or whatever. Mm-hmm. So normal. Oh, so normal. And I mean, of course, you don't you know, at the time you beat yourself up over that for, for weeks and months thinking, could anything have been any different? Um, but I mean, the staff in the hospital were particularly the, the paediatrician who was on that night. The consultant paediatrician was like, listen, we would have sent you home had you brought, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing in Roosevelt's blood or anything. You know, there was no, um, you know, as they said, they would have sent us home had we even been particularly, you know, worried or, you know. Um, because she wasn't presenting with anything other than, you know, she was a little bit off, you know, as babies and toddlers are so or quite often. So, um, yeah, so so that that's 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 what happened. How often have you replayed that night in your mind? Oh, I replay it all the time. Do you still all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. And um you know, sometimes without wanting to, you know, mm. in terms of, I suppose, the trauma returns constantly, you know. Um, and you're right in what you say. I don't mm. think anyone can can connect and understand unless you've been through it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That said, I mean, obviously, there were a lot of adults in Roosevelt alive who adored her and who, of course, feel, you know, horrendous loss um, but uh, yeah I do think bereaved parents share an understanding that um, 
they never wanted to share, but that they, ha- you know, I think there is something, there's a language that bereaved parents speak to each other. And unfortunately now that's our, that's our language. Because it feels unnatural. Mm-hmm. It's not that's the way, very, yes, it's not the way totally it's meant unnatural. to be. Yeah, mm. yeah, totally unnatural. Is, is that time a blur or are the memories vivid in terms of what happened afterwards and when you were in the hospital? It's kind of a blur. I suppose specific moments are very vivid. Mm. But um, overall, it's a blur, really. I mean, the funeral and that is a blur, an absolute blur. And and the days and the weeks after the funeral, it's all very vague, you know. But mm. um, we went away. We went away a month later as a family because we kind of needed, the three of us went myself. Gary and Ruben went to Greece um, for a few months really um, and I don't know whether it was running away or whether it was going away to try and find some peace or some healing or what it was but whatever it was it was what we needed to do Yeah. and I mean I think that's the key piece around grief you've got to do what you need to do there's no right or wrong way to grieve so you do whatever gets you through the night mm. and these are important conversations to have because people mm-hmm. are grieving in so many different ways oh, yeah. on so yeah. many different levels and as you said it's completely unique of course, yeah, yeah. You know, and we need to get rid of, of, of people following kind of yeah. patterns of behaviour yeah. and you're in certain mm-hmm. stages because it doesn't help anyone. Oh, God, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's whatever. I mean, like, of, of course, there probably are some more, so there's some healthier ways of grieving than, you know, and potentially some unhealthy ways of grieving, you know. Um, but I think once you're once you're not hurting yourself or anybody else in terms of how you grieve, then anything you do is perfectly OK. Yeah. Um. You set up Rosabelle's rooms mainly because of the experience that you went through mm-hmm. and you've you've already said it, the, how great the staff were in Galway, mm-hmm. but there was a serious lack of facilities. Yeah. 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 So we so the night Rosabelle died um, we spent 17 hours um, cradling her in a sort of a small area off the resuscitation room in the emergency department. Um, and just look at it, it was it was substandard, but it was the only space that there was available for us on that night. So we decided um, after a period of time that we decided, I think, actually, when we were abroad, um, but we decided initially to try to um, renovate or create a space in Galway Hospital for um, for anybody who dies suddenly. So. So it's not just for children. So 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 basically, I suppose if you die in a hospital on a ward, you go home or you go to the funeral directors or the mortuary or wherever. But if you die suddenly, you come in through the emergency department and um, it was to have a space for anyone who dies um, outside of the hospital suddenly. Um, so it started off with that idea and we um, got in touch with the Irish Hospice Foundation who have been... You know, they have had an interest in this for so long in inappropriate bereavement spaces and in dignity um, during, you know, death and bereavement. So I suppose we got in touch with Sharon Foley, who's the CEO of the Irish Hospice Foundation, with our idea. Um, she was very keen on meeting us and I suppose it evolved then to, well, look, why not try to have a Rosabelle's room in more than just Galway, you know, to try to have it as a national initiative. Um so so that was the beginning. The rooms were the beginning. But then we we sort of recognised that there were actually what we believe are even greater needs for bereaved parents. So keeping in line with the rooms theme, we then developed the um, the Room to Heal Fund and the Room to Talk Fund. 
So basically the Room to Heal Fund caters for bereaved parents and families when they lose a child. Um, so it's direct financial support for families, which enables them to take maybe a little bit of time off work or help with the funeral costs or to um, take their other surviving children away in a small city break or whatever their needs might be. It's direct financial support. Um, and then the Room to Talk is, is uh, therapeutic support. So the Room to Heal Fund is just really, really busy. We receive referrals now. I mean, I received, we've received three referrals in the last three days um, from families who've, lo- who've lost children. So it, it's, it's any child who's died since the day that Rosamond was born, because obviously we could never, we couldn't sure. possibly cater for, um, you know, there has to be a, a kind of a beginning to this. So, so yeah. it, it's from any, for, for any family who've lost a child since the 5th of January 2016. Um, we will provide them with direct financial support um, through a very, very simple process via the Irish Hospice Foundation. Um, and we are sadly get referrals all the time yeah. now. Mm. As you said, sadly, it's a, it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is, it, is it a comfort? Is it a comfort in some way to have um, to know that you're helping other people through a really, really horrible, unimaginable a, a time in their lives? Mm-hmm. Does it help at yeah. all, or is that an insensitive question? No, it's 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 a very real question. It does help. Um, it gives us huge comfort. Um, does it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I think Rosebud's Rooms has probably helped us as a family more than it's helped any other family. Um, you know, we we provide the support to other families, but in doing so, it's it's you know it's about our daughter's legacy. So, for us, it's it's um it's hugely comforting to know. Um, that we can support other families, you know, and it's it's very strange as well how on two occasions I can recall actually thinking, you know what? Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What are we doing this for? This is just, this is, this is making us even more tired and more exhausted. And what are we doing it for? And then you get a referral, 
you know, there was one particular day that I always remember. We got two referrals on the same day and one was from a family who had lost a child through um, through stillbirth. And another was from a family who had an older child who had died through suicide. So, um, you know, it was both ends of the spectrum, essentially. Yeah. And it, we just felt, you know, this is why we're doing it. Mm. And so, yeah, it is comforting and it is helpful to us to have a legacy like this in place for Rosabelle. What is your um, what is your belief now about about Rosabelle and, and I suppose where, where she is? She's a bit me. Yeah. I think she's. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's I don't even remember what my beliefs were before she died, but mm. I, I, I now I don't even kind of conceptualize where she is as being a belief. It's a knowledge. It's like I know where Rosabelle is and I know uh, for me, it's that she is very much, very much her energy, her spirit is very much with us all of the time. Um, and it, it's interesting, like I, I feel very much that she's with my maternal, um, my grandmother and my and her sister, who was my godmother. And I, I, I really have a very strong sense that they're with her um, and that they're, I suppose, at the risk of sounding very... Um, off the wall, but they're sort of they're behind the veil, you know, and I think maybe when you know, there's just there's been some experiences that probably aren't for this conversation, but where, you know, we have myself and and Gary, but probably um, I can only speak for myself. I have moved very much towards um, knowing that she's there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't compensate for the fact that you can't put your arms around your child and you know um, feel her skin next to yours and you know and kiss her and cuddle her and love her in the physical world but it certainly doesn't come near to compensating for that but at the same time I do fully know that she is um, that while she's very absent she's also very present I know you can't speak for anybody else but as a family unit how how are you and Gary um, because you know mm. you have a, a wonderful family um, and you have a new addition in the last four mm-hmm. months but you've been through hell and back together yeah and I mean and we're still in hell in a way you know in terms of in terms of Rosabelle's loss um, but as I say as I said earlier you can be in hell with regards to, to grief and bereavement and loss and you can also experience joy um, but for us I think you know our most definitely our relationship, um, you know, there's there's a huge challenge there in that um, we're both broken hearted, you know, so that brings its challenges. Um, but I think, I think that generally relationships after loss pretty much reflect what they were like before the loss, you know. So if they were, if they were strong before the loss or if they were... Compromise before the loss, I think um, the loss amplifies that. It either, it, you know, they, they, it, it remains strong and possibly gets stronger or remains compromised and possibly gets more compromised, you know. So yes, so okay. it's it's pretty, you know, and I, I mean, I think um, quite like every couple, we have challenges. We have lots of challenges and we always had um, like any other couple. But I think fundamentally there's a strength and there's a friendship that myself and Gary have that have... Um, carried us through the trauma I suppose and keeps carrying yeah. us through the trauma and um, so so we're we're good in in ways we're we're, we're stronger than ever you know and um, but that strength sits beside the challenges 
and that's just the way it is. Mm. Um, but as as yeah, we have we have uh, we have a new little baby, and that of course brings its own challenges as well to any relationship. But um, but thankfully she's a great little baby, and she she sleeps well and all that, so that helps. <laughs> like you know, um, in terms of day to day stuff. But uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're I think we're doing okay. I think we're doing I think we're doing as well as we possibly could in these circumstances. Well, I think to anybody. Um, even maybe listening mm. to this conversation and hearing about about you for the first time and certainly from me knowing uh, knowing you guys for mm-hmm. a good number of years now you're doing better than okay I mean mm. you're amazing people and uh, I, I am in constant awe of your strength and your resilience and I suppose really even making the decision to want to try again for yeah. for a baby that must take mm-hmm. A, a serious digging deep in terms of mm. your emotional well-being and strength to to go on that path. Um, was that mm. one that you came to quickly or did it take time? Um, it was probably the easiest decision and the most difficult decision all rolled into one. Um, but I think for me, I I think it was possibly I believed it was what was needed in terms of having any sense of normality or healing within our family, I believed it was it was key to it was specific not to to my family, to my husband and my son. Um, I believed that that's what they needed, and that that's what would, I suppose, bring some sense. And there's no doubt about it. She did bring a lot of she brings a lot of light. She brings a lot of hope, and she brings you know a lot of joy. Um, so we we weren't wrong, you know, in in going that down that route, and we're we're, we're delighted she's here. Um, Do you allow yourself to feel joy? Yeah, you good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. Great. Yeah, you couldn't not with her little yeah. face looking oh, she's at you gorgeous. every morning. You she's know, gorgeous. She's, I met her for the yeah. first time just before we came yeah. up here. I mean, she's she's a darling, you know, and yeah. so of course we do. And Reuben, of course, brings so much joy. Of course he does. Um, so as well as. Everything else the little boys bring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's um, he's he's great crack. But yeah, like, you know, so yeah, we do. What's his understanding of what happened to Rosabel? And he 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 knows what he knows she died suddenly and that there's no way that she was not going to die. That it was um there was no way we could have predicted it or prevented it. He uh I suppose <sighs> Like he he misses her terribly. He still misses about. He still misses her. He talks about her, um, quite a lot. Um, I suppose there were there were definitely some changes in his behaviour. Most definitely. Um, you know, when we went abroad, they were they were very noticeable. Um, in that he was, you know, not necessarily challenging behaviour, but just sort of behaviours that weren't typical of him. Um. But I think sort of, I think actually since uh, baby August has come along, I think some of those, you know, um, behavior, he's kind of, he's come back to himself, um, thankfully, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, he still struggles. He still misses her. Um, and I guess for us, I suppose, the key piece in in helping and supporting Ruben through this is, for us, has been loving him. Mm. Just, just loving him there's been no sort of magic therapeutic um external source that has been you know of any real relevance to us to us it's been just actually loving him with all your experience from a professional um from your profession being a psychologist 
fundamentally, I suppose you're a mammy um, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're rearing your, your kids and you're going through, uh, still going through the grief process of mm-hmm. losing your baby girl. But has it helped you having that kind of, um, I suppose, training and backing from what you've learned? Um, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult one because I don't think anything can possibly prepare you or, you know, for, ch- for child loss. So, you know, whether you're a psychologist or, you know, uh, no matter what your, your, your profession or your job or your, or your no job is, I don't, I think we all go through the same, you know, it's, it's trauma. It's, it's it, while it's unique to you, it's it's shared with other sort of bereaved parents, and it's it's. I don't think being a psychologist essentially has helped me. Um. With, I, I don't know. It's a difficult. It's 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 a difficult question to answer. Like Gary would say, it has helped him in ways, um, not because of any magic wand, but because of me normalizing a lot of what he might be feeling. So if he feels woeful, you know. Or, or if he feels like having fun on any given day, or I, I kind of probably normalise that a little bit, um, you know, and and I suppose that essentially comes from possibly from my training, you know, parts of our, you know, parts parts like that. But but I'm not sure that it really has it helped me personally. I don't know. I mean, I just I don't grieve for my daughter as a psychologist. I grieve for her as a mom, like of as a mom, you know. So of so I don't don't know. Yeah. Are you different now yes. to the Suzanne? Yeah. 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 We're, I think we both are. Um, and I think the changes are sort of irreversible in a way. Um, but they're not all bad either. Mm. They're, not all, they're not all negative changes, you know. Could you put into words what are the, the, the most noticeable kind of changes in your in your personality or how you view life? We're probably a little bit less tolerant of things that don't matter. Yeah. You know, um, and probably a little bit more appreciative of the things that do. That would be it in short, you know, in in, in summary. Um, you know, but then, I mean, it's not like it, 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 it's not like you know we cherish now we cherish every single moment with our other children or we you know we still we still get really cross with them and impatient like any other parent or you know but just generally I think our philosophy in 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 life as if you're you know if you were to look at it from that sort of place um I would say we're we're less tolerant of what doesn't matter to us mm. really what's not important and we're we we're, we really sort of embrace what is important um, and who is important mm. in our lives, you know, and we know who's important in our lives now. And we know who we know what, you know, we know what matters, I suppose. You can see people that, um, you know, might be, you know, complaining about small mm. stuff, you know, mm. or um, and I, I suppose all problems are relative. Yeah. But it's not until you've had experiences in your yeah. own life of challenge that you kind of cut through a lot of layers of nonsense and you realize, as you've just said, mm. And you've had it in the most dramatic way. Mm. We we integrate her loss now, our our loss of her on a daily basis. But I can't even 
I can't even think about what she's lost. I can't manage that. I can't, I can't, haven't got there yet. You know, I can't, I can't process what she's lost. I, I, I just find it too painful to even think about her, her loss. Do you know, I mean, we live with our loss now every day and, and that's, you know, tough shit. They're the cards, they're, they're your cards, mm. you know. But with regards to Rosabelle's loss, she, she lost her childhood. She'll never, she'll never make her communal. She'll never fall in love. She'll never have her own children. She'll never have a career you know she'll never have a she doesn't have a life she doesn't have a childhood she doesn't have a Santa Claus you know they're the things that I they're, that's the real struggle for me it's not about kind of my life really mm. my life is what it is and I've had, to, I've had lots of lots of amazing um, experiences in my life and lots of lots of more good times than bad actually until you know until we lost our daughter so I, I, I'm not complaining about my life my life is okay actually it's more it's more her life, really, mm. that she doesn't have one. You know, she doesn't have a childhood. She doesn't have a life. Fear plays a part in all our lives. It's part of the human condition. Um, but after going through the experience that you've gone through, mm. is fear a huge part of daily life for you or not? It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've lots of fear and anxiety around our, our two kids, you know, Um I mean, if, if, if Ruben, you know, if anyone, if anyone goes anywhere with Ruben, I'm like, drive carefully, you know, drive, you know, you know, I, I kind of realise now that anything can happen. You know, we, we, I suppose everybody, you know, you think you're a little, you think you're a little invincible, really, don't you? You know, you think, you, do, you think like losing a child happens to somebody else. It's, it doesn't happen to me. It happens to someone else. And so we all have a bit of that. But now the difference is I know it does happen to me or it does happen to whoever. And none of us are invincible. So there's, um, there'd be a little bit probably... Yeah, there'd be an increased sense of fear and anxiety around our kids now. Um, obviously, with a new baby as well, you know, there's a lot of. Um, uh, I suppose I, I I'm probably a little bit more vigilant with her. Um, mm. But I guess I suppose we all are, uh, you know, when they're when they're newbies anyway. But sure, yeah, yeah, I would be a little bit more vigilant with her. Yeah, most definitely, there is increased fear. Do you find you can sleep around. at night? I do sleep, yeah. I mean, and, and she sleeps well at night. But I suppose when we're when we're both awake, I'm prodding her all the time. You know, yeah. um, there's a there's a little bit there's a, there's a good bit of that. But um, no, we do, we do. It, it doesn't. And and now she's she's four months now, so I suppose that's get it's getting a little bit easier with time. You know, mm. um, so yeah. Do you manage those fears? Do you have tools to kind of you know have you know sometimes when fear is in, dri- mm. in the driving seat, it, you know. I, I find sometimes when it happens to me that I have to have a little chat with myself. Yeah. Your rational kind of, voice. Like, yeah. And yeah. go, come here now. Cop on. You're OK. And because sometimes we can run mm. away with our mm. fears. Yeah. And um, I do that as well. You know, so. Do you? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 we would, you know, self-talk and, um, you know, trying to rationalise that um, that Reuben and August are OK and that, that hopefully they're not going to die suddenly and that they're not going to leave. But, um, yeah. 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 Hmm. We've had people on on this podcast series Mm -hmm. talking about the uh, benefits of therapy and talk and not being afraid to reach out and say, you know what, I'm really not doing all right and I need a bit of help. Mm -hmm. And luckily, more and more people are open enough, not necessarily to admit it to their friends or family, Mm -hmm. but to go and pick up the phone and and call a professional and ask for a bit of help. Mm -hmm. And you are a professional. That's what you do for mm-hmm. a living. Mm-hmm. But do you believe in the power of, of therapy yourself? 
Um, it's really interesting because I, I was, I have reached out myself now at this point, but it took me a long time. I sort of felt I, I needed it earlier, but I wasn't doing anything about it. Um, part of it, I think, as well as living in, you know, Go is a small town, so I would have known quite a lot of the psychotherapists around Galway and so where do you go really you know um so uh for me I was a little I was I was a little slow to reach out for help for myself um but I absolutely believe in therapy but you know I think as well I don't I, you know I don't I don't think that every bereaved person needs therapy I mean the grief if it, 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 it fair enough if it becomes complicated um you know you might you might need support but generally grief is a very it was a normal, it's a normal process. It's, um, do you know, and I suppose our grief was, was a very normal response to an abnormal situation. So, you know, do you know what I mean? I mean, I think, I think, I don't think you need necessarily need therapy just because you're bereaved. Um, but uh, at the same time, I suppose there's, there's, there's stuff that happens around the grief that possibly you know, for for me, it has helped at this point. But um, no, I was slow to I was slow to engage myself. You mm. know, has this been really hard this having this conversation? Because I know you've done a lot of interviews and you've spoken about Rosabelle's rooms, where you probably haven't had such an extended mm. amount of time mm. to talk and and I suppose you've had to relive um, the experience because I've asked you about it. Mm. Has this been difficult? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it has. I mean, I think, I think, and I, but I think you, you picked up on it, Sheila, at the start, I was a little bit kind of um, just sad, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a sad story and it's it's never not going to be sad, you know, talking about Rosabelle and the fact that she's not here. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 been difficult, but I think you've been very, um, in fairness, very sensitive and, and so, so, so I'm okay with it, yeah. I suppose last words um, for anyone listening who is maybe in a similar situation mm -hmm. and decided to, to listen to this conversation be mm. and maybe they're in pain and maybe they're grieving. Um, what would you say to them? You're not on your own. Um, while it is an incredibly lonely path, losing a child, um, there are supports there and, you know, I mean, I'd obviously like to invite anybody in um, in Ireland who loses a child to get in touch with, with Rosabelle's Rooms through the Irish Hospice Foundation website um, or through Rosabelle's Rooms on Facebook or, you know, just to get, just get in touch, reach out. We're there to provide therapeutic support or financial support or both. Um, and, you know, your own story is your own story, I suppose. That's the key piece as well, just to, to know that while... There's lots of shared aspects of child loss. Your own path is very unique to um, to you and to your child and to your relationship with your child. So, but just to know that there, I think you're not alone. Suzanne, thank you so much. Thanks a million, Sheila. I know that's been really, really hard, but um, just on behalf of everybody listening and, and certainly from my own perspective, I really appreciate you sharing with us and um, giving us an insight. And I think if anything, I think you've given a lot of comfort to people listening who are going through tough times to know that whatever they're going through is okay mm. and it's normal. Mm. So thank you. Thanks. For more on the work of Rosabelle's Rooms, go to hospicefoundation.ie 
or you'll find them on Facebook as well. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ready To Be Real Conversations. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.